0: Rewind with Oshim Langan. Rashford with a chance! Rashford with the goal for Manchester United! Rashford putting it through the legs of Di Michaelis and then putting it beyond the desperate flying body of Joe Hart. Good play from mignaldo chips it towards the back post, towards Mitrovic! St. James's
1: Park erupts! This city erupts! Because Newcastle are level in the time
2: weird army. Spread to Jamie Heaslip. Where's it going? Pops it off to David Turner, who gets in under the post. It's a try for Ireland, and that is probably the game.
3: Always happy to finish on a on a winning note. Full credit to the players as well. I don't think they disappointed themselves. They they really went out, controlled long periods of the game, and that allowed us just to build pressure and, and to build a score.
0: He took 15 steps. as you know what? At that don't point, in asking me, what's the point? The referee blew the took 15 steps. Six behind back in the net.
2: Coming up more on all of that including James O'Connor on hurling and former Ireland and Connacht fullback Gavin Duffy who'll review Ireland's Six Nations, look ahead to the Tour of South Africa and chat about Connacht's clash with Leinster next Saturday in the Sports Ground. First up though, it's the Premier League and Ireland's upcoming friendly with Switzerland as well as the SSE Airtricity League. As always, we're joined by former Ireland, Chelsea and Shamrock Rovers fullback Paddy Mulligan along with Raf Diallo of Team 33 and off the ball. Paddy, Marcus Rashford is the bright spark of a poor Manchester derby.
4: a oh, wonderful finish. You know, he showed I mean, for a young lad, uh, you'd expect him to show an awful lot of enthusiasm, which, he, which he's doing. And uh, the run that he made for it. You now, Matta, in fairness, played a smashing ball through. And if Matta played uh, uh, more balls like that, you know, he'd be a much better player. The, the first thing he looked for was Rashford to make the run. And, and and instead of going square or going back, he went and played the the old style through ball. Rashford was on the end of it. David Michael has missed his challenge; that's his problem. But Rashford, what a finish! Wonderful finish, uh, totally totally cool, calm and collected. they go going just stick the ball by Joe Hart's left hand side. That's five goals now in in in, in the games he's played for, uh, for United. Good good return.
2: And the youngest Derby goal scorer ever. What is it about Rashford? What has he got? What is he doing that others haven't? this
4: season well he's got he's got got a good bit of skill he's got a turn at pace he works the defenders he's forever making making runs and making positive runs and his, his first touch is excellent and his finishing is just, is just, you know, top class as well. So, I mean, and he's, he's got a very, very cool head for such, a, for such a young man. He's showing to have a very cool head at this moment in time. But, of course, the, we, we, we'll judge him in a year's time or two years' time when when, when, when he's played a, a number of games. Because it, players can play way above themselves. So all we'd have now with Rashford is he'll probably play well until May. Now, then next season, we'll see what way he starts off and how,
2: how he is next season. I want to ask you about Di Michaelis. Have you ever seen a guy have a worse individual performance in a big game or have you ever experienced anything like that yourself? Raf and I have obviously on numerous <laughs> occasions but but at a much lower level so no one sees it when we do it but, yeah. but, but have you ever seen anything quite like Di Michaelis yesterday? I've
4: never seen anybody have such a nightmare. Ever? I'm Not even on my worst day As in watching and playing, playing football? Or? Yes. No, okay. no, watching and playing yeah. and, and I've just never seen anybody have such a, such a bad time. His, 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 his head was just Absolutely all over the place. He had no idea of what he was supposed to do, when he, when he was going to do it, or how he was going to do it. And all he had to do was mark somebody, but he couldn't even, he couldn't even do that. And he gave away a, a dead cert penalty that how the referee missed it, a, a body check on, on Rashford as well, who had, who had left him for dead. I, I don't know how the referee missed, because he's standing right beside him. That would have put United 2 nil up. Look, it was game-setting match anyway,
5: because uh, City are absolutely appalling. Yeah, well, City will hope they do get into that top four. It's not looking as secure as it should. Oh, they're be, inviting United yeah, to come in are, here, yeah. come
4: in and take our place. Well, we're not, we're not really interested, you know. Yeah,
5: but, and West Ham, um, yeah, and West, and West Ham, even, and in Sa- yeah. even Southampton and Stoke aren't that far away. A million but, miles away. But um, just on Pep, like he's coming in in the summer. There's uh, like he, I suppose he was handed a bit of a grenade when he took over Bayern because they just won everything. So how is he supposed to improve on that with City? There's plenty to improve on no question there he's is going to need a whole yeah. new squad probably yeah. um, does he, can he view that as a kind of positive maybe that uh, he's not coming in with a huge deal of pressure he, like he can only really go up with that team or maybe is it more case that once he does come in maybe it's because they're not that because they're not good enough maybe there's a other kind of negatives yeah, attached to that as well
4: the, the big question mark with Guardiola now is that that where is he going to get all the top quality players that he needs to bring yeah. into Manchester City. That's the that's the big question. And just where are they? There aren't too many around. You've got you've got five or six Premier League clubs. You know, all vying for the same type of player. So it's go, it's going money. Money is going to talk. Probably yeah. at the end of the day, yet again. But City City will not find that uh, all that easy, even with the great Pep Guardiola. Mm. Because don't forget that when, when, he, when he took over at, at, at Barcelona, look at the players he had at his disposal. He doesn't have anything like that at Ma- Manchester City. It's Silva just decided to stop playing. Touré has done the same thing. Aguero is, 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 is borrowing a, a loan for up front. But if you get these
2: guys to decide that they want to play, well, that's, that's, surely that, they're as good as anything in the Premier League, at least. Whatever about when they come up against a Barcelona or a Bayern.
4: Yeah, in, in the past, they've proven that when they, when they want to play, they're absolutely brilliant. Hmm. But I mean, you can't. You're not. You're not. You're not the tap where you just switch on and switch off. You've got to be. You've got to be playing all the time. Yeah. You know, you just can't pick your games. Obviously, oh, I'll play. I'll play well against West Brom, or I'll play well against Liverpool. It doesn't doesn't matter about Man United. You know, doesn't matter about Chelsea or Man City or 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 uh, uh, Norwich. Right, uh, we you just go through the motions here, and that's what City are doing. And the sad part about it from Pellegrini's position is, as manager, he should be the one dictating to the players and, it's, and I, it doesn't appear to me as if he is it appears that the players are, are dictating to him and have been for quite some time and that's, and that's a weakness as well so Guardiola cannot tolerate stuff like that and I don't, I don't believe that he will Pellegrini certainly shouldn't tolerate it because these players have been getting away at murder they're, 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 they're cheating on themselves they're cheating on the fans they're cheating on Manchester City as a club forget about yesterday they've done this now uh, right through the season They've had one or one or two good good wins. So Liverpool went in there and hammered them four one, and it was a mediocre performance by by Liverpool. It was just crazy stuff the way that that, that Manchester City's season have gone. Uh, they're in the, they're in the the, the quarterfinals of of the, of the Champions League. We'll see what they're like against Paris Saint Germain. It's going to be a very very tough game.
2: Let's talk about Liverpool because they have dropped the most points from leading positions in the Premier League this season more than anyone else. Yesterday they're leading two nil. Coutinho and Sturridge with the goals in the first half, then. Klopp decides to make a change. Skirtle comes in. Lovren goes off. Phil Thompson said on News Top Breakfast this morning it was the wrong decision. What do of you make? Course, of, it? of course, it was the wrong
4: decision. Skirtle hasn't played hasn't played a month when he, and he was playing. He's dragging people all over the place. He's 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 a, he's a liability now. Unless uh, 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 if Lovren was injured, then he probably had Hobson's choice. But if Touré was on the bench, why didn't he play Colé uh, Cole uh, uh, just for instance because Cole Autori's been doing very well for them when when he's played and and they needed somebody like uh, Cole Autori in there not Skirtle as I say is only back from injury and and uh, he, he's just a walking disaster and you've got Minule in goal he gets a five year contract to to make sure that he probably heads off someplace or, or that the market value is is, is kept intact because of uh, giving him a five year contract There's no other reason to give him a five year contract he took a short kick out yesterday and kicks it straight to the opposition and ends up in the back of the net Sacco was all over the place Sacco was wonderful against Man United last Thursday night but then he's back to his bad old ways dwelling the ball not marking people ah, it, it's just look at Klopp knows what he's got there he, he's, no, he's no fool and there'll be a lot of those players gone at the end of the season and, and they could be looking for eight or nine players Liverpool he's already started the ball rolling by just talk about Henderson um, well Henderson has this, this injury that's not going to go away so perhaps it could be a good time to go on to get uh, get rid of Jordan Henderson, you know, but he, he may
5: fail a medical someplace else. God only knows. Yeah, the thing with Henderson, though, I just... Once he was kind of given the vice captaincy and then the captaincy, I never kind of, I never bought into the fact that he was as good as was being made out at Liverpool. Oh, he's not. He's not. He's only. He's in my opinion, he's only been
4: talked up because he's an English player. He's an English international. But so is Klein. He's very ordinary, anyway. Very, very ordinary. Yeah. I mean, Klein had had one fabulous game there against United at Anfield there uh, ten days back, but apart from that, he's he's been mediocre. Yeah. And and Henderson has been the same. Remember, pal of mine is a Man United fan. When Henderson was at Sunderland and Man United you know, were playing, I was doing the game here with with, uh, um, with news talk, and he asked me after the game, "Was was Henderson a, a United player?" I said, "He's not a player at all," and I I, I stand by that. He, because he can run all day long, doesn't yeah. make him a player. I mean. Does every team
2: kind of need someone like that, though? Someone who'll do the donkey work like that? But,
4: yeah, you've got to. But you've got to. To me, you've got to be able to do an awful lot more than just that. You've got to be able to run, but you've also got to be able to pass the ball. You've got to be able to take a chance when it presents itself. He had two wonderful chances, Stephen Gerrard Territory against Man United at Anfield and the other night at Old Trafford. And he fluffed his lines on both occasions. And that, to me, says it all. His passing isn't isn't as crisp or as as accurate, not anywhere near. Steven Yard. I wouldn't even put him in the same bracket as Steven Yard, but only making the point as regards his finishing powers that I'm just saying there's Gerrard territory that would have been on target keeper might have had to might, might have made a save but at least would he be on target no it's over the bar he does that far too
2: often so I remember a big Liverpool fan talked to me about Gerrard and Henderson and what he liked about them was that Gerrard was obviously creative and at that stage of his career he couldn't get up and down the park as much as he used to And he said, Henderson is an athlete and he's like a cross-country runner now. Obviously, Hmm. you want a bit more than that. But if you you put him beside the right player, he actually can be quite effective. So is it about keeping Henderson and getting the right player to play beside
4: him? Well, you see, I I think that that Klopp fancies uh, uh, Chan uh, big time in, in the centre midfield. So will Henderson be able to play with Chan or Chan be able to play with Henderson? Now, Chan isn't, isn't the most mobile. Yes, when he gets on a burst, he, he can he can look fairly impressive, but he's not the most mobile around the pitch. Yes, I agree with you. Henderson is mobile, but I still think you need
5: to get far more from, from Henderson. And if Klopp can't get it out of him, then well, nobody's going to get it out of him. Yeah, just on the other side of the Murray's side divide, we have Everton, who were awful, and like they've been so inconsistent, and you never know which team is going to turn up. Um, it's either brilliant attacking yes. footballer than what we saw against Arsenal. I don't know, do you, do you think... It Martinez, do you think it's kind of time to, you know, make that split between Martinez and the club? Oh, it's been it's been time for the past uh, for me, six or seven months. Yeah, he reminds me of Brendan Rodgers.
4: He can set up a team to go and attack, but he can't set up a team to go and defend. and, yeah. and hence, you know, they're 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 they're, lose, they're losing shape, they're losing balance, and mo- most of all, they're losing games, they're losing goals. Yeah. So I mean, w- once you once you've got that, you're in trouble. I think when the when the new shareholder comes in, I think that Martinez will be well and truly gone. I, I just can't see him uh, lasting because I think the players had a meeting months and months back to get back to basic and, and, and change the style back a bit to, to be not more defensive minded, but much more solid in a defensive mind. You look at Sh- Seamus Coleman the other day, letting letting the runner go on. Him. Uh, 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 it was absolutely lo- it was terribly fan. lazy defending Seamus Coleman. You just let him run p- across the line. You didn't bother going with him. You have to, you have to, you must see the run off. That's 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 been in the game all of my lifetime and before it you see the runner off and that's it when there's no danger great if there is danger you have it sorted out and Seamus didn't didn't bother that that's because Martinez said oh you've got to get forward get forward get forward get forward of course you can get forward when, when when the time is right but you've got to defend first and foremost Martinez has got to remember that you must start you, if you don't concede and this doesn't mean any way negative you won't lose games but you'll start winning them look at Leicester City yeah Wonderful example. Thirteen, I think it's thirteen games. That they've won one nil. Yeah, four, last five. I think Yes. Yeah. Now, if Man United were on top of the league and doing that, or Arsenal, or Chelsea, or Man City, or Liverpool, everybody, oh, are they great? They can close out a game. But because of that oh, the bubble, the bubble is going to burst. Why? The bubble won't burst. They've, in my opinion, they'll go on and win the league, and quite, and quite rightly so, and deservedly so. And, and, and it'll, it'll be a kick in the teeth for all the so-called big clubs who who were mocking them I and mean, don't forget they, these same clubs mocked Nuts Forest back in 78-79 season yeah. and they were in the very same boat as what, what Leicester are now and yet they went on to win the league and went on to win two European Cups so no lads hold your fire there now and, 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 and wish them well they just hope that, that uh, Randy Hardy's been magnificent as mm. a manager and yeah. the players been, the goal from Marry's last Saturday it was a magnificent goal. Vardy playing the ball. And across And Okazeki last the goal. week. Yeah. yeah. Overhead boys I don't know. I, I, s- I, I missed an easier <laughs> chance on Saturday with the
5: head. Yeah. You don't, the I don't sure see the really two really European Cups swallowing. <laughs> I don't see. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I don't see oh, that at the moment. But a but a hold on. <laughs> a Play, Play this back. The boxes. Play this back in
4: two years. You never know.
2: Speaking of that Forest team of 78 79, I want to talk to you about their manager and his approach to the Switzerland game this week. Obviously, Ireland taking on the Swiss on Friday night because Euro 2016 is coming up is this more than a friendly can we get something more than we normally do at a friendly?
4: I don't think not at this stage of the season I don't think so uh, I'd be very surprised but, but I think what Martin would be looking for is to get players in who haven't already been uh, in the squad or are, are on the fringes of the squad get them in get them into the environment for, for a week because they've got, the, they've got the two games go and get the games played have a, have a look and see what's there and the result isn't going to matter too much if 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 they win three nothing or they lose three nothing, it's not going to matter. He's going to be looking for the performance of players and how they all gel together uh, off the field as well. That that's, that's going to be very very important. Um, but on the pitch, he'd be he'd be looking for 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 balance in his team and he'd be looking for players to to put their hand up and say, look at have a look at me uh, yeah. be, before June, and, and, that, games, and that should happen.
2: Yeah, with two games in the next week or so, and not too many more opportunities after. it Do you think he should go with the bulk of his starting eleven for the Sweden game? And maybe one or two bolters like the likes of Alan Judge and Harry Arter have been talked about.
4: But the Sweden game at the uh, at the at the opening the opening of the the Switzerland yeah. game, yeah.
2: No, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's for you, Paddy. Oh, that's, yeah. for, no, that's
4: for me. That's, uh, what a shock that is! <laughs> no, I, I think he's got to experiment a little bit and give and give and give players He should know at this stage. I'm sure that I, I'm sure that if I were Martin O'Neill, I'd know who my best 15, 16 players are and who I want to start uh, in, 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 uh, in, in France against, against the Swedes, for instance, in, in, the, in the first game. Now, what he should be looking for from now on in is somebody else to come in and put their hand up and say, here, have a look at me, boss. I, I, I can I can perform as should well. One
5: of those people have been Damien Delaney. He's, he didn't make the squad, of course, and the noises that had been coming out before were that it wasn't going to happen, but he's still playing at the highest level in the Premier and League. And playing,
4: he's playing very He's playing very yeah, well. Because I've seen, I've seen it, it, yeah. yeah. I've seen I've seen a fair few uh, games of of Palace yeah. this season and very unlucky with it with the shot but I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about him hitting the hitting the crossbar yeah. I mean his defending is, yeah, the, defending is the thing that he's got to he's, so he's got to would do you well say it's a mistake, and he's so done as
5: well but from is, is, there,
4: is, there, is there is there is there something there yeah uh, with people uh, with Delaney is Delaney is Delaney dirty? Is has O'Neill, has Roy Keane what's been going on there because nobody seems to know yeah. unless yeah. unless O'Shea comes up with a cracker here now which I, I I doubt very much.
2: Well, Damien Delaney had said that he wasn't the future, etc. But what happened, according to Martin O'Neill, was was that Damien went to him and said, "Look, if I'm not going to get guaranteed game time on this trip to America, no, then maybe can't. I shouldn't go." Yeah, well, you can't. I don't, and Martin I, O'Neill said, "Look, we we can't give that yeah, to anyone."
4: I don't I don't believe that a player should come along to a manager. Yeah. And say what if that's what he said, and and say that because you can't be dictated yes. to the manager, and the manager picks his squad, and, and yep. look at that's it. Go and deal go and what with
2: it, we Damien. don't know is had they have they had conversations recently. That's what we don't know. Yeah, no. no. it'll
4: be a pity if they hadn't uh, to try and. But then he, uh, he's he's got tried and trusted players there who have given him everything uh, to qualify for 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 the tournament, and he's hardly going to let, let, let those lads off. You that's know, that's the, that's the uh, it's, it's not a dilemma. It, it, uh, to me, it's a fairly straightforward uh, uh, situation. If I were in Martin O'Neill's shoes, I wouldn't bring Delaney because yeah. of that. I'd, I'd stick with my my tried and trusted players who got us to the Euro finals.
2: Just before we head off, Cork City top of the SSE Electricity League after a one nil win Great away friend. to Dundalk. Saint Pat's beating Shamrock Rovers two yeah. nil at Tallis Stadium. Both three all with Wexford. Those are just yeah. some of the highlights from the weekend.
4: Thrilling, thrilling stuff but uh, Dundalk now uh, have got the uh, or, or I should say Cork have got the monkey off the back against Dundalk because they've just just been able to beat them for the past number of years mm-hmm. I know they beat them in a real important game up up in, up in Oriel Park but look it it's a long long way to go but it'll certainly give Cork uh, huge confidence and John Caulfield especially you know he 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 would have he would have loved that. And Stephen Kenny they'll they'll come back just as strong as ever Dock because they have a good squad of players and they've got a good manager. And but so it's going to be it's going to be a, a great league because you got you got Pats coming over and 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 beating Rovers. Yeah. So long long way to continue. You've, you've got uh, Galway dropping out a little bit, but look at West of Ireland and Sligo should be should be up there.
2: And one all draw at Harps at the weekend. Christy Fagan by the way scoring again. For Saint Pat's with a very good near post header in their two 0 win against Rollers. He's some operator, isn't he? Fagan. He's fantastic, oh. and he was injured last season. Yeah,
4: and he makes he makes great runs across the the, the back four, and, and he just gets gets in there to nick something all the time. He's, he's smashing.
2: he was Keith Tracy, even though by his own admission he's not fully fit yet, he's just a fantastic reader of the game. You can tell when you look at him. Yes. This guy yeah. is kind of operating at a level above. Yes. A bit like yourself. Uh, oh yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> okay, Paddy Mulligan and Rafty. <laughs> You've got <Allo>. some memory. <laughs> Paddy Mulligan and well, my old fella told me. Paddy Mulligan <laughs> oh, and Rafty. Your Allo. grandfather
4: was it. <laughs> <laughs> Great grandfather, thanks. Howdy, <laughs> <Andy> Mulligan. That <laughs> two centuries ago. Uh, well, you still can't get my name right. Paddy Mulligan
2: no. and Raf Diallo thanks for joining us on the Rewind podcast uh, Pleasure Thank you. Still to come rugby with Gavin Duffy but first Hurling and Clare secured their passage back to Division 1A with a 119-18 to 18 points win over Limerick in Ennis Elsewhere Kerry beat Hoffley 218-217 to 217, but they'll face Leash in the relegation playoff after the O'Moore lost to Wexford 22 points to 21 It's rough justice on Kerry Meanwhile Galway will battle it out with Cork uh, as they bid to stay in Division One A, they will meet in the playoff because they finished in the bottom two of One A. After yesterday's final round of round robin games, the quarter final lineup is as follows: Kilkenny will face Offaly, Waterford will meet Wexford, Dublin will take on Limerick, and Tipperary will face Clare. Those two counties renewing rivalries. That'll be a good and tasty encounter. Now, before we get the analysis of James O'Connor on where Clare and Limerick are at, as well as the rest of the league, let's hear from an unhappy Shannon Siders boss, T.J. Ryan. Who spoke to Liam Ahern of Limerick's Live 95 FM? Ah,
0: bitterly disappointed. We wanted to win the game. We didn't start well. Goal was a disgrace of a decision. clear started the better, and that kind of score stayed all the way through. Sending off like, had an effect in the game. We were chasing our tail all the way through the second half. And, you know, our, our lads battled hard and I mean chased on everything. And we were trying to get it back to three, and we had a couple of chances. No, they had a few chances as well. And, you know, things went against us. And, very, very disappointed, very disappointed lads. and you know, not a lot more we can say. We wanted to get out of it. We wanted to win Division 1B. And
5: you say the goal was a disgrace of a decision.
0: Of- I took 15 steps, as you know, at that don't point in asking me. What's the point? Do you know what I mean? Referee whistle. He took 15 steps, six to pile the back of the net. Do you know what I mean? Don't be looking for a decision for me, you know. James O'Connor, former All-Ireland
2: winner with Clare. It is job done for the banner. They're back up to Division 1A. Is it a job done well?
6: I think so Sheen it was, it was all about the results yesterday um, you know everything was going to come down probably in, in, in one beat to that last match um, with Limerick and while Limerick has supposed to have been the more impressive of the two sides you know to that point um, you know I think Claire, to be fair knew that the, you know yesterday's game was the game that they had to really far, and they were and you know it takes this huge pressure off you know both the management and the players that you know that goal has now been accomplished and you know um, as I said heading they, they can was look ahead to, to the game with will tip in a couple of weeks time which would be a great barometer Of where they they are And obviously further afield Than to Waterford in the Championship
2: What's impressed you about Clare So far this season Obviously we spoke At the start of the year And it was all very exciting Wasn't it Donalogue coming in And many of The better players Either coming back Or recovering from injury And of course Podge Collins Coming back as well So there was a lot Kind of in favour For Clare
6: yeah, but they they weren't particularly impressive, um, you know, to date. I think you know there was more of a gra- more of a gradual improvement, O'Shane. Um, but I mean, you know, if you were to go back to the, um, I suppose, the Wexford match, and you know, it was it was like well, deferred showing on TG Cahar, but you know, Tip and Kenny it and uh, there was no comparison between, you know, the pace. Uh, or the intensity of the game, and looking at it from the player supporter's perspective you know you' you'd, you'd have to be worried um, about it but I, I think you know as i said the the, the management knew that this was a game that they had to be ready for, and you know there was gradual improvement in things David really I think is it a very very good campaign in the middle of the field, and um, you know David mcInerney, you know his move to center back I think you know he was outstanding yesterday, and um, you know I think gives gives us more you know go forward as well so and with the players, we have to come back I mean it's good to see Podge on the field yesterday. Tony Kelly obviously, um, you know, is 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 on his way back from injury. Colin Ryan was on on honeymoon, so you know, a of other players to come back, which which augurs well, and I suppose a leads set to more competition for places. Yeah, well, as I said, there's a you know a huge game um, with Tip Looney now in a fortnight's time, and you know, I think tips have been more impressive than than than, than four place maybe indicates because they had the chances I think to 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 beat Galway. They had certainly the chances to beat Kilkenny and maybe didn't take them and you know they were very impressive against Cork um in Turles yesterday. So you know it will be a real indicator um you know for Davy, Don Logan the backroom team as to as, as to where they are. And uh you know obviously it's a it's a the toss I think they're tossing for a venue. and um, it would be great to to, to get to Benelis but if you have to go to Turles Again, and you want to find out about maybe some of the new players that Davies introduced or some of the more inexperienced guys, um, this will certainly tell you. So, you know, a huge game now in two weeks, and that's exactly what the management would have wanted.
2: How damaging is it for Limerick to be another season in 1B?
6: I think it's a, it's a huge blow, Shane, because, um, you know, I think I heard David Green, I think it was, after the the, the double match last year, um, mm-hmm. you know, indicating that, They've been talking about getting out of division one B now for the last five or six years and, and um, you know it was going to be a real target for them and it obviously was, but they were they were flat yesterday. The sending off, I think, to be fair, you know, had a huge bearing on it. Um, but it was a strange kind of match and you know, Limerick just didn't play well enough to win and I don't think any complaints and that's the disappointing thing for, for for TJ Ryan. But that said, you know, they had the encouraging players to come back. Um, there are a lot of good things in Limerick hurling you in know, Orange School, and in the Ireland Colleges Finals. You know, three of the last four in the Fitzgibbon were, were Limerick teams, but a lot of Limerick players to the to the four. Is there too but many
2: good things, Jamesy? Because obviously there would have been missing players who were involved with napier And you mentioned there that, you know, the colleges and obviously the third level colleges as well. So TJ isn't working with a full deck very early in the year. I know he's not the only manager, but it really seems to hit Limerick hard as much talent as they have.
6: Well, I think the big thing yesterday, Oshindo, though, was, was how flat they were. Um, you know, it, it was a strange match. It just seemed to lack the intensity that you'd come to expect from a clare Limerick Derby. And Clare, I think, were the ones that maybe, you know, were sharper. They were more clinical up front. And I think that's the disappointing thing for TJ, that, you know, sometimes I guess maybe Wexford off Lee Leash, you know, you think you've found players, these players are impressing. But when the pace goes up, as it, as it did against Clare yesterday, you know, you suddenly find out that maybe these guys aren't as good as what you, what you first thought. And, you know, why Limerick will... Have guys, you know, particularly some of those under twenty ones. I think they will be better once the once the ground, you know, hardens up and once the pace maybe goes up a little bit. And um, it's back to the drawing board too, to an extent. And you know, the jury maybe is still out on, on some of these younger players. So hugely disappointing for them, and particularly for the older players who've, you know, spent the last five or six years now down, struggling to get out of this division, and they're, you know, obviously looking at another year, um, you know, playing or not playing against the teams that they'd like to be.
2: Now Davey said after the game yesterday he thinks that Division One A should be expanded. That basically One B and One A should merge. It should be one division, and that would be better for hurling. Would you agree with
6: those comments? I I, I think so, and you know I think certainly, Oshin from a from a revenue perspective, because um you know the Clare Offaly match was sparsely attended. There were i say no more than a thousand people at the um you know to, at, at the Clare carry match. You know whereas it was to got to ten thousand um, then of that game yesterday, and, and it's it's probably hurting those counties because, you know, the, the the crowds aren't going to attend, um, you know, the the maybe the, the the lesser games, um, and I certainly think that you know you're not serving awfully Wexford, Leash or Kerry's cause either, um, you know, by not being exposed to the the, the higher competition. So maybe there's a way of, you know, said, merging the two divisions and and maybe doing some kind of a conference style thing where you know they, they get to play maybe seven or eight games, and there are more competitive games maybe. Um, in the in in the league. So I'm sure it's something that they're that they're going to address and yet, you know, when you look at division 1A and look at how, you know, real it's been in terms of, you know, no room for error and you know, real intensity to all the games, you know, I don't think you want necessarily want to lose that either. So but it is a harsh price to pay, to pay, you know, for Limerick that's, you know, they've come up short again and they're looking at this as a 6th 7th year um, you know, down as, as where they don't want to be.
2: It's a strange kind of structure as well because you've got teams like Waterford, uh, Galway, Cork, Tip, Kilkenny Whipping themselves up into a frenzy early in the year And now it's March and some of them will go on to quarterfinals For Galway and Cork it's a relegation playoff For Clare obviously it's a final. Limerick even though they won't go up it's a final. Dublin also as well by the way in Division 1A And then there's this massive gap to championship, So it's, it's probably not helpful in a structural sense either
6: it, it isn't, Dushin, um, you know, but different counties will have different approaches of, of, of doing it. I mean, the club championship now maybe, um, you know, some rounds of last that would be played in the area in the year that would have been would, would, would have been the case before, and um, you know, but for, you know, for would say, you know, Tipperary or Clare, for example. I mean, they now have a, a big to look forward in two weeks' time. There's a semi-final for the winners a far, and after that, and and a final, you know, two weeks subsequently after that, which would be a great lead-up. Um, you know, heading into the heading into the championship with the teams that do advance to the latter the latter stages, but you know, for Galway and Cork, um, in that relegation game, you know, they, they have sense you know, one game, and then you're you're very much in limbo then um, ahead of the championship. But you know, listen, everybody knew that that was the way it was going to be, and um, you are where you are. Um, if you performed, you know, you, you, you get a quarter final place and, and the potential of those games. So that's just the nature of it.
2: Okay, James O'Connor, thanks for joining us. You this is the Rewind Sports podcast on News Talk, and it's Rugby Now. Ireland ended their Six Nations campaign on a high with a 35 25 win over Scotland at the Aviva. Former Connacht and Ireland fullback Gavin Duffy was on analysis for Off the Ball, and I spoke to him about uh, that game as well as next Saturday's meeting between Connacht and Leinster in the Guinness Pro 12. First, though, it's Joe Schmidt on how he'll build his squad for the South Africa Tour this
3: summer. You're always looking to. To uh, fit pieces together that are going to best work for the overall jigsaw, but we're going to get a few more pieces back, and and hopefully, you know, we, we, that's going to give us a little bit more flexibility in how we build the jigsaw going to a place that it's going to be incredibly tra- um, attritional. You know, I, I think the players that do travel to South Africa, um, we're very unlikely to get through from test to test to test without somebody picking up a knock or or, or starting to show the signs of the, the attrition that that will occur.
2: Gavin Duffy formerly of Connacht and Ireland Ireland beating Scotland 35-25 in their final Six Nations game of 2016 a deserved victory you'd have to say
1: yeah it really was they uh, bossed the game for a large periods of time bar maybe uh, a couple of long prolonged phases of play from Scotland in the second half Ireland really were worthy winners and uh, the one quite comfortable in the end albeit Scotland came back to within 10 points
2: I guess people will look at the scoreline of this game and maybe last week as well and they'll say, you know what, Ireland were more expansive. They did what we wanted at the start of this competition. They did exactly what people were looking for them to do. But is it as simple as that?
1: Uh, You've got to take into the, take the opposition into, into uh, play as well. I think Italy and Scotland um, certainly didn't offer as much as uh, Wales, England and, and even uh, France on a wet day in Paris. But... Um, it was great to see Ireland playing with a little bit more expansion a few offloads Uh, Zeebo's offload obviously against Italy was the one that stood out in everyone's mind and and kind of unleashed Ireland in that game and then that kind of flowed into this game as well a little bit more cautious from the off a lot more uh, box kicking from Murray and Sexton with a few Gary Owens um, to try and clear our lines but Ireland I think uh, they'll be happy with the way they finished the championship with two wins and and Joe Schmidt said look he's happy with a uh, mid-table finish on this term so um disappointing results at the start of the year and overall I think it's uh, it's one that'll just be kind of scratched off I think and won't be remembered too fondly in history.
2: Well you've kind of answered the question I was about to ask there but I'll go anyway. What have we learned from this Six Nations?
1: Thankfully I think we've learned that there's a few more options. I think uh, certainly someone like uh, Josh Fla- van der Flyer and Ultimate, demand two guys who've added to the pack. Um, options again with guys missing with Sean O'Brien, Henderson and McHanny missing. Those two guys really stepped up and are the future as well. Uh, in the backline, I think uh, Simon Zebo has really made the fullback position his own. Now he's uh, certainly looked assured in the last two games. He's, he's still got that ability to cause uh, mayhem when he gets the ball. Um, you know, with a with a goose step or with a fake dummy and a kick. And he's uh, I think he's certainly nailed down the 15 slot for for, uh, for future. Um, outside of that, I think. Today I, I was I was delighted to see Ireland. When Scotland did go through long periods of play, they they kept their width in defence and they actually didn't kind of go backwards in defence. They, they kept the width and once they numbered up, they they came off the line again and uh, Scotland found a pretty hard break Ireland today. And that was pleasing to see because I think coming into this Six Nations, that was one area I was looking to see if Ireland had improved, especially against uh, Argentina in the World Cup and Italy in the World Cup. England again kind of showed glimpses that Ireland we're, were still vulnerable in that area of defence. So uh, I think the last two games there's been improvements in the defence
2: Is it as simple as this from what we've seen in this Six Nations that when we come up against teams like Scotland and Italy we will have a cut and we will try things like the offloads that people have been demanding but when we come up against England France Argentina New Zealand and I mentioned Argentina especially because obviously that's the game people keep looking back to and referencing you know those are the games that we'll be tight in those are the games that you know we will stick to that kind of narrowness and the kicking is that what we've learned from the Six Nations?
1: I think it's even bigger picture than that ocean I think what we've learned is um, that the Six Nations is still far behind the the Southern Hemisphere unfortunately and and as much as we build up the Six Nations and it's a cultural rivalry as much as anything else it still lacked that bit of um,
2: just that little bit of something that's Is it a case that we won't really know how this team has developed or how far they've come or if they've really learned anything from the World Cup and that Argentina game until we play South Africa in the summer? and New Zealand doubt. then in the winter
1: yeah without doubt I, I, that's going to be a phenomenal test of, of Ireland um, not only just for the start 15 whoever goes out but also resources uh, uh, and the depth of, this, of the panel because there's going to be injuries down there three tests against Africa is, is, a, is a huge task um, and I think we'll see a better picture of where we stand in world rugby we've obviously fallen from second down to as far as eighth at the moment yeah. uh, this game actually mattered in terms of the world ranking points as well going into uh, the 2019 World Cup in Japan so um yeah, I think when, t- when t- teams go on the summer tour and when the Autumn internationals are played, I think we'll have a better view of where this Northern Hemisphere game is against the Southern Hemisphere. And I think, from my point of view, coming to the Six Nations, you just want to see progress, whether it was a game plan, whether it was defence, whether it was you guys getting the um, game time on the field. And then, really, for next January, for the first Six Nations games, you're going, right, Ireland are in a better position now. And now, let's let's kind of build again for the, for the World Cup. And hopefully that uh, we won't be... Uh, you know kind of scratching the heads yeah. in January going well where are Ireland hopefully we get a better position
2: I can't let you go without asking about Connacht playing Leinster next weekend there's a lot of excitement around Connacht at the moment and you're approaching this game maybe differently to the way you would have approached previous interpro pro derbies in the f- in the sense that it, you're kind of not looking with dread you're not looking and saying let's hope we get a good performance you're kind of looking and saying well we have consistency we have guys in the Ireland squad you know there's a lot of things going right so you're in a good place going into this game at home to Leinster
1: yeah, and, and, and uh, to be honest about it, we, we never feared uh, Interpros. We always kind of uh, relished Interpros, especially Leinster coming down to the sports round. So that would be no different on this occasion. But certainly where the lads are, they're playing consistently well. They're, yeah. they're playing some great rugby. They they look like a team who know how to win. Um, they look like a team who are just uh, full of confidence, full of belief. And that certainly is a change from when I was playing. And it's great to see. And You, you don't know what teams are going to be ultimately uh, picked uh, Connacht will have a more settled side I'd imagine next Saturday whether or not some of the Irish guys will trickle back into Leicester's mm. side remains to be seen but um, it's uh, it's a fantastic end to the season and I think the league needs that as well I think you have some mass- massive games coming up your full Inter-Pro series coming yeah. around um, and whether guys are playing to get on the plane for for, us, for South Africa I don't think that will even enter their heads I think it's all about back in the province trying to qualify yeah. for Europe and trying to get in a top four position in the league and it's going to be a fascinating end of the season
2: and finally how do you feel about the comparisons between Connacht and Leicester City?
1: Oh, it's brilliant, <laughs> is not it? It's uh, we'll take those comparisons, yeah. and uh, it's an interesting
2: debate though when you compare what the two teams have done this year. I mean, it's, it's it's look, it's one of these utterly useless debates. It doesn't actually serve any purpose, but it's still fun to have.
1: It really is, and it's what sports should be all about. Is that um, you know a team who might may not have the resources of of uh, some bigger hitters in the leagues, but they come together, they're organised, they're yeah. committed. Um, and they perform and and that's what both Leicester and are doing. they perform performing week in, week out, and when people are doubting them or wondering is the bubble gonna burst, they keep coming back with performances and uh, and even in, in even in setbacks. You know, Leicester have had a few setbacks, Connor had a few poor results around Christmas time and both sides have come back and stretched their lead their lead at the top of the league. So it's yeah. uh, it's, it's great That's what sports should be about A few upsets along the way
2: This is the Rewind Sports Podcast On News Talk, And that was Gavin Duffy On Ireland's win over Scotland And Connacht's upcoming clash With Leinster this Saturday Let's finish with Gaelic Football And Kerry's Paul Ganey, Who's currently on his way back From injury Now recently I caught up With the Sky 3-2-1 Now recently I caught up With the Sky Sports Athlete mentor And we spoke about His knack of scoring In big games But first The definitive pronunciation Of his second name
7: Gainey Gainey yeah <laughs> I get that a lot, actually. Gini. It kind of annoys me, to be honest. But anyway, I suppose, phonetically, it might be Gini. But, yeah, Gini. Talk to me about um, your comeback this season. bit of injury at the moment. Where are you with that? Yeah, a bit of an injury. But i um, looking forward to getting back. I'm, well, I suppose, less than a month out. Uh, maybe a month, a month to get back. And um, back in training in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully no more injuries then after that yeah talk to me about the nature of the injury what happened
2: what's the prognosis
7: how do you fix it yeah the injury was just a a shoulder shoulder injury Um, my shoulder just kept subluxing and throughout the year last year I think it was a league game against Dublin in Killarney where it initially happened it was just ligaments and then uh, took a couple of more um, hits after that. It was actually, I think it was actually tackling that, uh, that did it. My hand was kind of vulnerable, I suppose, out there. Maybe a bad tackling technique from a forward, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it just kept subluxing sort of throughout the year, and I had to strap it. And uh, after the learned it was just a good opportunity to get it done, and, and it just got the operation in, in November, late November, and, and it was a basically a couple of, couple of months out and rehab it and get back then so I'm not too far off that now If you were worried about playing with an injury last year it didn't look it
2: from the outside as in looking at you during your games you'd never think this guy is obviously playing with an injury but how much does it actually play on your ma- mind how much does it change things
7: Yeah I'm glad to, to know that it didn't look like it uh so it's good not to have any giveaways as well as poker face, but uh, yeah, no, it plays on the mind already right, a bit. Um, mostly for preparation and stuff, you know. You, you just, I suppose, you, you have to, you have to mind it to, to, to prepare it just so that you can get through a game. But um, basically, when the whistle goes, these things kind of tend to fall out of your, out of your mind until you get a bang in it or whatever, and uh, the adrenaline takes over. So, it didn't really play on the mind too much during a game, except for. The obvious limitations were that I couldn't, you know, reach fully up over my head with one hand and I could with the other. So maybe, you know, small things like that or tackling was weaker on one side than the other because it was uh, obviously a weak spot. And things like that maybe do, but you don't consciously think about them at the time. So, yeah, you know, they're the small things
2: you can't let it show the old saying is don't let them see you bleed don't let them see you limp so as I say you never looked injured last year but obviously you were was there times where you were in, in really bad pain and you, you wanted to you know rub the shoulder or go off and get some treatment but you didn't because you didn't want to let any weakness show
7: yeah I suppose that's um, that's built in nearly all of us I suppose yeah, as, uh, as competitive sports people but uh, there was a couple of times maybe but I just stayed down and, and didn't let on what was wrong really but uh, yeah, it, just, it wasn't majorly painful once it once it went back in or popped back. You know, it, it was fine again and ready to go again. So it wasn't major or all. Yeah. Talk to me about
2: your record with Kerry because in a championship since you made your debut in 2013 off the bench, but you in your in your time with Kerry. I mean, you've proven to be a big game player. You play well in the big games, and and that goes right back to when you were 16, 17 scoring a goal in a, in a West Kerry final. Is that something you think about? And Is that something that gives you confidence? The fact that you have, have got scores and played well in big games and you know we think of last year's semi-final against Tyrone, you came off the bench, did well, caught a ball over your head, you didn't look like you had a shoulder injury then, um, scored a point off that particular catch. Uh, the All-Ireland the year before, obviously a goal, a couple of other points as well. The Munster final replay this year, you got the vital goal on a very wet night in Kerry. So, like... Is that a mentality that you've always had, that you've always liked to shine on the big days and that that it's something that it, you know, playing in big games has never bothered you?
7: Yeah, well, it's never bothered me. I've never been one to suffer from nervous on a football field. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a bit odd because even just before interviews and stuff like that, I do get nervous. But uh, yeah, it's never been an, um, anything on a football field. But uh, being a big big game player is obviously something that everyone wants to be because they're the, they're the days you live for and they're the days you train for. But... Uh Looking back on, on my biggest days, I suppose, I've always had regrets afterwards that I could have done better, and you mentioned 20, 2014, the Donegal game, I felt afterwards that I could have played better in the second half, and last year as well, I could have done better in the second half, and um, even the Toronto the, the game, I could have done one or two more things better, and you know, you're always going to be critical afterwards, and maybe see your, your faults, and not so much what you did well, but... Um, there's there's more to come for me in, in big games and, and I know that so um, a really big game knows is, is what I'm looking for this year um, on the big day. Does your mentality change between playing an All Ireland final or
2: semi-final or Munster final replay, all the games we just mentioned, and maybe a league game? Is it is it is it is there different preparation for you, or are you more or less nervous? How does how does it work?
7: Yeah no I, I as I say I wouldn't be I wouldn't really be nervous. I don't suffer from nerves and, and going for games or anything as such. Um, the odd day alright you get the old butterflies and stuff uh, but that would be more to do with what the atmosphere is like outside a bus or whatever it is you know and the guard escort that tends to get the emotions going a small bit for me uh, but uh, I treat every game pretty much the same I, I like to go out and perform my best on, on every day whether it's West Kerry League or uh, with the club or whatever it is you know a challenge game um, I, I want to go out and I want to, to beat my man and Show what I'm made of and show people how good I am, you know. So, not really. It doesn't really tend to to vary for me. I I try to go out and do my best every day. Obviously, my performance will vary, but um, that's not from that's not from a a psychological uh, preparation side of things. But that's just obviously other factors.
2: Yourself and Kieran kind of battled last year for a starting spot. And even in, in that game, we'll go back to it. The game against Tyrone, he started, kicked a point just before halftime, but we still whipped off at halftime and you came in and obviously did your thing, played very well, kicked, kicked a couple of scores. Do you see it that you're battling with Kieran for a spot or did you see it over the last couple of years that you were battling with Kieran for a spot even though you're very different types of players and maybe Eamon picks one guy over the other or the other way around yeah, depending on the tactics, depending on what, what way he wants to play it?
7: Yeah, I suppose it, it would be unfair to say that me and Kieran are battling for a spot. We're both battling in a spot for... Three spots in the full forward line because we're not the same player and we're, we don't play the same type of football. Or you know, we did we've both different qualities um, throughout our our our, our footballing uh, repertoire. Or you know, our, whatever. our Arsenal, we have different um, we've different things at our disposal. So we're not directly fighting for a spot but I suppose it depends on how the other guys are going and when, when other guys are going so well and we're not at our best and you know if we're, we're the last two in the pecking order for one spot then we're going to be battling if we're, if we're not if, if if it's if it's someone else it's me and them and you know but um, last year it was difficult enough for, for the both of us and Kieran was captain um, so you know neither of us wanted to be sitting on the bench and, and I suppose both of us played well in, in, in spells and we got the, our chances and um, the, the, the only problem is that you know at the end of the year this, we didn't we didn't get Kieran up the steps, the Hogan Stand to lift Sam, and um, it's a team game and we both did our our bit to try and get on the team, but for the both of us it wasn't enough and for Kerry it wasn't enough to get Sam McGuire, so I suppose that's where the buck stops.
2: It hurts, doesn't it, this time of year when you're when you're not playing, you want to get back, and it especially hurts I imagine when Sam isn't in Kerry, and I think it might have actually been Kieran who said it that. Yeah, it's great to win the All Ireland, but the, the benefit of not losing or not winning it is that you're more driven when you go back, and that, that you want it even more when you go back.
7: Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it hurts when you have a long winter and have lost the final. Um, you know, it's there's nothing you can do about it. The game is gone. Uh, you know, you lick your wounds for the winter and try and refocus after the winter's gone, which the lads are doing now. And um, it's a it's an awful place to be after losing an All Ireland final, having to wait. Uh, ten months and not knowing whether you'll even make that journey again, but that's the that's the aim every year to make that journey to Croker. And um, as yeah, as Kieran said, it is it's a bad place to be uh, not not having won the All Ireland, and it's a good place to be too because exactly as he said, the hunger's there to really get back again. Um, there can be you know, 2000 I suppose 2015 was different in that we nearly tried too hard because we thought you know the bar was that high from us and we tried too hard and it came against us you know but this year we we'll reset our focus is reset and we know what we have to do to get back to the top and hopefully we can carry out those those things to get back and, and get get Sam back again this year but 10 months is a long time and a lot of luck plays in it as well so hopefully we get those few rubs of, rubs of green and, and uh, things will go our way and you know who, who knows where we'll be in, in nine, nine eight months time just before i let you go paul how important is it for you
2: to nail down an absolute and total starting place or do you think about it that way because a lot of the games that we mentioned already that you, you know you you made an impact in you actually came off the bench now, i don't know does does that matter to you do you mind so long as you're on that pitch at some stage because sometimes coaches will do that that they'll they'll say to you look i'm not starting you but this is why and you know, you'll make your impact off the bench and it's all part of the game but but for a player I guess you want to be out there you want to be starting you want to be undroppable you want to be in that starting 15 every time how
7: important is that for you? Yeah, um, I suppose everyone wants to well I suppose firstly being part of the team is is, is what everyone's um, sprouting really these days and stuff but ultimately when it comes down to it, everyone's wanting to play everyone wants to play every single minute of every game and it's, I suppose it is something that um, I haven't done much uh, yet in my career and it's something that I do want to start doing to start lasting out full games uh, on the field and you know being that good that uh, you know I refer to it as can't be taken off you know or proving that every day that I go out that I'm I'm worth leaving on the field because I'm that dangerous that I could be coming up with goals and points late on in games you know so um, I suppose that's the ultimate goal and that's what I've been kind of trying to, to aim towards because that adds again to the team. Like you know, if I can provide that for the team, um, and basically, uh, yeah, as you said, like that's that it, That is the main goal, and that's what I want to do. But you know, if it, so, so be it. If if it is that I'm on the field and I'm taking off because um, the management want to change tack, or if if I am in performing, or if I am in pro- providing that for the team. That's, that's, that's the nature of the beast, you know. So, yeah, but that would be the ultimate goal, yeah.
2: That was Kerry footballer Paul Gainey speaking to me about his injury comeback, being a big game player, and his new venture with Sky Sports. He's one of their living for sport mentors. The Kingdom, by the way, playing Cork in Tralee next Sunday. They look good for a semi-final spot. Of course, during the weekend, Central Council told us that the semi-finals in football in Division 1 will be no more from next year on well that's it for the Rewind Sports podcast on News Talk this week we're back next Tuesday given it's a bank holiday next week don't forget to join Richie and I this coming Wednesday for the SSE Airtricity League podcast off the ball on every night this week from 7 and Saturday from 1 and Sunday from 12 until next Monday take care Rewind with machine Langan Rashford in a
0: chat! Rashford with the goal for Manchester United! Rashford putting it through the legs of Di Michaelis and then putting it beyond the desperate flying body of Joe Hart.
5: Good play for Minaldom. Chips it towards the back post. Towards Mitrovic! St. James's Park erupts! This city erupts! Because
0: Newcastle are level in the time Weird Army.
2: Spread to Jamie Heasley, where's it going? Pops it off to Devin Connor, who gets in under the post. It's a try for Ireland, and that is
3: probably the game. Always happy to finish on a, on a winning note. Full credit to the players as well. I don't think they disappointed themselves. They they really went out. Controlled long periods of the game, and that allowed us just to build pressure and, and to build a score.
0: He took 15 steps, as you know, that don't point in asking me. What's the point? Referee Buda Whistler took 15 steps, six pile back in the net.